The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. Do you like how I'm saying that, Michelle? It's very nice, Billy. <laughs> I'm Billy Koch. I'm founder, managing partner at Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside me, as always, you heard her voice. She is one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business. Let's give you credit where credit is due. Too nice, the too nice. Michelle, you. I feel like with our guests, we should keep this episode yeah, classy. You know no what? Arsenio Hall woo, woo, woos. Well, I do have like, I was thinking, okay, so everybody, this is a great episode. I'm telling you right now, because we have Jimmy Bell coming on, who is the president of Godolphin. Um, it, it's such a great is story. Is it Godolphin? I think he's the president of Darley America. Darley America, Godolphin. We'll find out exactly what the difference is. But okay. I, it's funny, Michelle, because we when you just said that, I was like going to be like, uh, hey, like when you talk to uh, Shake Mo, like, do you, is it like, what's up, Shake? Like, what are we doing today? Or like, <laughs> how does it, you know, how, <laughs> what, what are those conversations Wait, you know what's so like? funny about that? Yeah. I, when I was coming back from Saudi last year and I was with Bill Mott and he was, poor guy was stuck with me for like four hours on a layover in the airport. So we spent a lot of time together. I was like, I know this is really a rude question, but like when you send bills to like the prince, you know, a, a for Judmont, do you like get a check that he's like handwritten or like, you know, does he write does you he like a little, pay? Some of my owners write like a little note in their yeah. checks. Like, do they write you like a little note? Is it like, like here, you heart? know what I mean? Like with a little he heart. Was, yeah. Right. You know? And he was like, oh no, it's uh, it's all wire transfer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Figure that. That's really I know. Good. I want to like personalize it more. Right. Of course. Of course. That's really funny. So uh, Jimmy Bell's coming up and uh, we're going to have a great chat with him. I just watched a little video that Blood Horse did recently um, and it was amazing. He has some great stories. So you're going to want to listen to this. You're going to basically just fast forward all of Michelle and I talking about three things of note and just go right to Jimmy Bell. And you can I if you want. I hope you didn't tell Jimmy Bell we're only going to keep him on for 20 minutes because I think I, I want to keep of him on longer. No, no, no. We'll just, yeah, we're going to keep talking to Jimmy Bell. You're That's like, oh, it's good. a California 20 minutes in traffic. Yeah, exactly. By the way, no traffic in, in, in Lexington. Just so oh. you know. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I have to tell you one thing funny, Michelle. Everybody's like, oh, they all say like, oh, that's kind of far for me to go. And yeah. it's like eight minutes. And I'm like, I can't go anywhere in Los Angeles in less than 20 minutes. And right. here, every place is less than 10 minutes. It doesn't matter no, if it's that's Keeneland, not true. the that airport. That is not true. Okay. You know why? Because you have to take that stupid new circle, which I like. It's literally the bane of living in Lexington for me. I hate new circle. I love it. Like, if you just I want to go like. No, yeah, exactly. So if I want to go like, if I'm north. And I want to go directly south. I can't do that. I have to drive, you know, well, west you can, or east. But that's I where have... the traffic is. Yeah. You gotta I hate avoid it. circle. It's weird. Why is it a minutes. circle? It's a circle. That's how they built uh, it. We'll all ask right. Jimmy Bell. We'll ask Jimmy Bell what he thinks. We'll ask about Jimmy Bell that. what he thinks. Let's get right to it and get to three things of note, Michelle, because we had a lot of action, uh, especially I think number one of three things of note. And we appreciate all the people who have sent in uh, some songs. 
to get us to the three things of note theme song. Keep them coming. We'll find one uh, uh, that we really like. But number one is the whole we're, we're I think, 19 days away from the Kentucky Derby. Holy cannoli. Holy cannoli. <laughs> but can I ask you a question before we start? Uh, sure. OK, like if you had to bet right now, who who would you play? I mean, would you go with your head or your heart or is there a long shot or, you know, people are throwing 80 to one shots at me left and right. It's wide open, right? It is. It's, you know, it is super wide open, right? There's no, I mean, essential quality is obviously undefeated, but overall he hasn't been like visually impressive, right? When we saw, we're not seeing him win by 10 or American Pharaoh or one of these just absolute monsters. And he might be. And we're going to talk to Jimmy Bell about him too, by the way. Um, so let's well, let's talk about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna le- I'm gonna get, uh, let you off the hook. Let's talk okay. about what happened this weekend because there were some okay. big races. The Arkansas Derby, first of all, Michelle, great story. Uh, big favorite was Concert Tour. He ends up running third. Caddo River second, but the story was the winner. Absolutely. How cool was that? Um, I I. Okay, well, we all know Steve Asmus. It's like so hard to think yeah, of like, no. where to start about it, okay, right? Like, start. We all um, know Steve Asmussen, and I think everyone respects Steve Asmussen, and I think that we all know that like his family's in racing, quote-unquote, is how we'll put it. I don't think people realize like how involved uh, his family is, and to get to see um, their, his mom and his dad in the winner's circle there. With Superstock. With Superstock. Let's super give stock. the name of the horse. And it was just cool. They're coming up on their 60th wedding anniversary. You know, they've got great kids in racing. They do great for racing. They've got grandkids in racing. And to get to be able to do this, this is like, I feel like a huge achievement for them with Superstock because this is just not the area that they're necessarily known for, right? Absolutely. It was a great story. It was a great interview. It's, it's right up there with the Bill Strauss interview. Um, right. Ricardo Santana Jr., obviously Steve's main man, uh, by dialed in. He earned a 92 buyer speed figure in the race. There was uh, a speed in front of him, but he, this horse ran a huge race. And what's to say he can't re- come back and run a big race in the dirt? No, I think, yeah, that was a that was an excellent race for him for sure. And that propels him up to third on the Kentucky Derby final point standings. Which doesn't really matter. You could be third or right, 18th right. as long as you're in the race. But uh, yeah, Technically, very... the 21st, 22nd, or 23rd, you might end up in the race. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so congratulations to the entire Asmussen family. Uh, it was it was really uh, an impressive victory and a fun victory for the world of horse racing. Now, there's... T- wait, wait, wait. What yes. were your thoughts on concert tour? Yeah, I think Baffert was a little uh, surprised at the way he ran. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Joel Rosario may have ridden him a little too overconfidently, if that's a thing. Um, okay. You know, when he when he went by Cotto River at about the eighth pole, he looked like he was just ready to just open up. And it was like Rosario was just kind of sitting there. I know there was rumors about him bleeding and all this stuff. I don't know if any of that is true. Oh, In I fact, didn't even see that. Is that yeah, true? Hey, you know, Twitter's fair. Twitter's fair stuff. I don't think it was. <laughs> Um, did you just snort? Yeah, that was awesome. That's my favorite part of the show so far. Um, disappointing. I mean, what are you going to say? But this is, you know, I, I had a long talk with Baffert yesterday, actually, we we're on the phone talking and, and, you know, I just, it's, it's horse racing. I mean, these things, ha- you, you're not going to win all the time, I think. And especially, you know, Bob, he's used to it. Um, but he, even he knows, you know, he, he says, look, uh, it happened. What, what, what are we going to do? I, well, hopefully we go on to the Derby. Um, and that, that's where that's where we are with concert tour. So 
I, I wouldn't give up on concert tour. I mean, I think I've seen horses run second and third in Derby preps and still win the race. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, he lost a little bit of his luster, but I wouldn't say like Michelle, would you have a problem owning concert tour right now? No, well, you know, it's funny is I feel like if I own concerts where we'd be gung ho, right? Like he just ran third in the Arkansas Derby. Right. <laughs> We're yeah, going. Let's, let's and I go. feel like it would baffert because of like his arsenal. He's like, nah, I mean, if he's not going to win, do we really want to send him? <laughs> <laughs> No, but let me tell you something and you can hear it here. Bob wants to go to the Kentucky Derby. I he's can tell you that. Medina's fact. So fact, <laughs> fact. Anyway, fact uh, that fiction. was that race. So we have a super stock who improved his stock. See what I did there? Yeah, and, and, and then he will be in Kentucky, and then you had the Lexington, Michelle, which was mm-hmm. in a in a driving rainstorm. It was so bad on Kid Keeneland on Saturday; it was just uh, a disaster. From a- I'll be honest, I have not watched this race yet. All I know is that I was flipping through, and I picked up my phone to look at the race, and it was like two minutes out, and I just looked down. And I saw Kenny McPeak at 18 to 1. So I was like, oh, bet to win. Didn't even know the horse. Oh, Just wow. bet him to win. King Fury. Like Kenny McPeak at, um, at Keeneland. And then five minutes later, I find out, hey, all of a sudden there's money in my Express Bet account. And it was King Fury and he had won. Um, I didn't, so I haven't watched the race. So you can say if it was a good win or a bad win. Uh, it was a good win. It was kind of a setup that went really fast early, but he, he earned a 95 buyer. Uh, he's owned by Fern C- C- Circle Stables and Three Chimney Farms, LLC. Trained, obviously, by you said, uh, uh, Kenny McPeak, Kenny ridden McPeak. by Brian Hernandez Jr. He's by Curlin. And uh, Out of ran Taurus. really, really well. Um, what a, I love that mare. Yeah. Simon uh, Callahan trained He ran her. really, really well. And, and you know what? That's, that's what he was supposed to do. Um, Michelle, here's what we're going to do. We've never done this before, but Jimmy Bell is ready for us. So okay. we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with our third three things of note after the Jimmy Bell interview so let's just take a second and third actually we only did one (laughs) then we're gonna go back to second and third okay we'll cut we're we're gonna take a break and i'm gonna get jimmy bell so michelle yesterday morning uh you know i'm in lexington right now so i go over to TaylorMade stallions okay i get there early and i see uh instagram midnight storm michelle wish and not this time all what do I, how do I say this? Make racing make, in the paddock. Make no, well, I did that, but I, I saw the act. Oh, making babies. Making love. Do we need the feel like making love? I feel like it's not very loving to watch. It really wasn't, mate. but it was amazing. And TaylorMade has this great crew led by Gilberto, who's amazing. Um, and just they took us through the process of what they're testing and the, and how they do it, and and that we saw the teaser. It's just an amazing organization, and the horses there are phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. Midnight Storm looks incredible. Who did I saw... his job the best? Well, Midnight Storm's called One Jump. Okay, good. He, he, so he gets right on and gets it done and gets right off and goes back about his business, and he's running in the field like 100 <laughs> miles an hour. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I'm biased, but he was incredible. And by the way, I don't know if you watched the OBS horses this morning, Breeze, but there were several midnight storms that flew. Yeah. One went nine and four um, uh, for Parish Farms, and I think he's going to have a huge sale, and I'm really excited for the guys at, at Taylor Made Stallion. So if anybody's in the area and wants to go see these these studs, uh, just you know, pick up uh, an email, email Travis White. He's the probably the best person to uh, contact. And it, it, twhite at taylormadestallions.com. Uh, he'll, he'll take you over there. Go see these horses. They're amazing. And it's, it's truly a spectacle, Michelle. You know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
All right, back to the show. We are back here on the owner's box with a very, very special guest today, the president uh, of Godolphin or Darley, do I say, uh, Jimmy Bell. Jimmy, help us out here. Michelle was well. It, it's a good. It, it covers the same territory, really. It's really we're really Godolphin, uh, Godolphin USA, and and uh, Darley's really kind of our stallion breeding aspect. But uh, we're we're Godolphin raised, bred, and racing. Yep. Michelle, okay. see, I was right. Well, I, I just want to make sure because when we said president of Godolphin, I want to make sure that it wasn't just Darley America. There's so many, I feel like, arms of this entire enterprise. It's very hard to keep it straight, and I don't want to get anybody upset or offended. It's it's no small operation, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, now wait a second before we st- before I hit the record button. You and Michelle are airport buddies. Can you just go into that a little bit before we get to the uh, nuts and bolts of this this interview? Take it away, Michelle. We just yeah. we seem to show up at the same uh, you know next plane to such and such, and there we are. Exactly. Every every time I've gone abroad, or if I'm going to Derby or anything, just randomly. There's Jimmy Bell getting on the plane before me. Now, I mean, what definitely he, not sitting in coach would, like I am, but which would give you a good idea. Which would give you a very good idea where I spend my time in airports. I'm I'm actually thinking of writing a book on you know how how to survive in airports. Okay, well let's talk about that really quick because I'm sure the people listening would they don't care really about essential quality or the Derby or any of the breeding operations. What's your number one kind of trick to getting through airports? What's your what's your advice? Uh, patience and, and begin with the end in mind. Just keep thinking of where you're trying to get to because it doesn't always <laughs> – you get yourself disappointed quite a bit when there's a delay and then you kind of begin to know what a delay really means, that we're really not going anywhere. And uh, so you begin to learn the, the lingo and how they sort of posture themselves. So, uh, you know, just a little local knowledge of having a lot of uh, a lot of over-the-announcer saying, sorry, we're going to be delayed and the plane's not there. And anyways, it goes on and on and on. But, are you patience, uh, patience what, and just keep and, and just keep thinking you're going to where you're trying to get to not are you where you a, are uh, are you a podcast guy a radio guy do you have a music on your headphones are you a do you read books or is it magazines what is your uh choice you know i'm one of those things which i get i'm, I'm glad we're we're having this conversation we can figure it out uh as soon as they i feel the motion of the plane being pushed away from the gate i fall asleep oh that's oh. beautiful Oh my gosh. You're a person I dislike greatly now. I, I like to take Ambien and can barely get to sleep on the plane. Oh, so you, but no, that's great. No, it doesn't. I don't even, you know, when they're like, when the, when the little airbags are dropping down, I just turn the page or say, man, I hope I don't lose my contact for my Netflix here or whatever. But no, it's, uh, I would, I would say I'm a, I'm pretty, pretty much of a veteran flyer and the very, very few things, uh, get my attention. Even to the fact when coming back from Saratoga one time, uh, and, uh, we hit the, hit the, uh, tarmac a little quick, I thought, and just sort of saw the tower go by a little quicker than usual. And next thing I know, we slid off the end of the runway. So, uh, Ooh. you know, and I was upset cause I hadn't quite finished watching my Netflix. <laughs> are, what are you watching right now? Wow. Um, uh, gosh, I, you know, I've, I've just the classics, uh, which one is the, uh, Last Kingdom, I think we're on. We've oh. done the Outlanders. We did, of course, all the oh, all Outlanders, the, good. The Englands and and uh, you know all the all the great great stuff that came out of some of the Netflix things over in England and stuff. So really, really loved all those things. They're good. Oh, good. You know, they, they do pass the time. Absolutely. Well, yes, they do. Jimmy no, Bell no, joining nothing us. Nothing too educational. Nothing too educational. I'm no, afraid. we wouldn't want that. 
We wouldn't doubt that. But you're going to educate no. our audience a little bit because I know a little bit about your history. Um, but it, it's really amazing. You grew up on Johnabel, which is the farm that is now Godolphin and Darley. Can you just tell us a little bit about growing up there and, and what it was like and a little bit of that story? Well, I'm sad to have to admit that most people, when they grow up and they go out the front gate, they go on and take on the world, and I never made it out the front gate, so that's, that's for starters. <laughs> You've taken on the world from behind the gate, though, Jimmy. It's okay. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's easier It's easier, it's easier to fight from behind the line right, right out there on, 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 on the street, so uh, never made it past the front gates. But, you know, like everything, it's it's uh, it's it really was sort of magical, truthfully, to sort of grow up and have your backyard be a fairly large farm where you truly in our it was a working farm a working family farm uh you know i got to know most of our fence rows with a weed hook in my hand and you know <laughs> when you finally got to graduate where you got to haul the muck and sit on the tractor you thought you would you know assume the vice presidency's role and uh ultimately after coming back from college and really running the agricultural farm side of the farm where you actually got to start working with horses it was you know it's like wow this is this really is fun so uh, I think well-grounded and really understanding agronomy and the importance of, you know, you know dad was, was tremendous on the land, the land, the land, taking care of the land and uh, never cut any corners on that and was always trying to improve the soil. And, and uh, you know, we would run cattle with the horses because they would eat different types of grasses and not so much they would see the lawnmowers and, you know, they would clean up anything and everything and just, 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 just the overall a relationship of you know of animal husbandry and and just uh, really a working farm. So uh, we we had great days there and great memories and to be able to see it come full circle and as I like to say, uh, you know, John Abel had the great bones and and with with Sheikh Mohammed and, and Godolphin now it's sort of really filled in a lot to really make it just a magnificent beautiful uh, place and and I've also said many times. You know, the Maktoum family, they're, they're no greater stewards of the land or mm -hmm. their horses or their employees than the Maktoum family. So it's been, if you happen to like farms and like the farm life, it's it's been a, uh, a blessing and a, and a great joy ride. It, it sounds like it's pretty incredible. There's so many stories and memories. The one that, that kind of struck me, and this is a mostly a horse racing show and horse ownership. Could, it, would you mind, and I know you've probably told it a thousand times, but you took a filly up to Saratoga with your family. Um, you know, you put a $25,000 oh, reserve yeah. on her. I love that story. Yeah. And I don't know how many people have heard that story because I saw it recently. I, I just think it's, you know, it's everything that, that horse racing is about, too. Would you mind just, just touching, just touch the key moments of that story? Because I think it's incredible. Well, the, the, the takeaway is two bids, and actually both by my father, sort of changed the direction and the fortunes of John and Bell Farm. Right. It was me. It was my yearling that I thought I was got accepted to the Saratoga sale, which, you know, that's visions of grandeur, thinking that man, just getting that feeling that sale, I, I may not, I may retire at you know twenty two. That was it. That <laughs> but, was your uh, thinking. The, the reality of the matter is there, there, there wasn't a single bid on her, and I put a reserve of twenty five. And my mother elbowed my father and said, "John, I thought you said this was a good filly." He said, "Who it is? Who will bid on it?" So she bid on it. The filly ended up turning out to be that was mom's venture into horse racing. Got her own silks. Didn't want anything to do with dad's trainers and helpers. Found this guy Larry <laughs> Robodeau down in Louisiana. They win the Fairgrounds Oaks. They're second in the Kentucky Oaks. Fast forward. This is the, now the dam of. Uh, ended up being a little filly called epitome and uh, epitome 
went through the ring as a yearling and uh, hoping that was going to get sold for my sisters. I uh, looked back up. I said, that didn't really sound like a great sale. And I walk out, and there's Dad with a ticket. And basically said, you know, I just <laughs> wasn't enough money for that, Billy. I said, wait, what, what are you talking about? Wait, Jimmy, Dad had so had enough. There of, you go. Yeah, he had had enough of Mom's success. He's like, I'm jumping in now. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we had to go back there, re-syndicate this little filly with all family pieces, parts, everybody taking the mane, the tail, and a little this and a little that. And so here's this little epitome, jumps out of nowhere, and next thing you know, she's a 30-to-1 shot in the Breeders' Cup. And uh, um, however it happened, I mean, the funny part of that race was is that she was a bit of a long shot. Dwayne Lucas had five entries in there and with all wow. the, all the uh, bolts of, uh, you know, looked like he had a football team out there on the field with the jockeys and with Eugene Klein. And uh, anyways, we're running, you know, they ran three-quarters of a mile for the Phillies race fa- as fast as they ran the, the sprint race uh, that day. So they went three quarters and nine flat. Well, they are all just blistering on the front end. Needless to say, a little epitome was maybe early for the next race. You so far back and Pat day just patiently just sat absolutely at the back, cut the corner. And as we're going down the back stretch, my mother goes, whose idea was it to run this Philly in this race? This is an embarrassment. <laughs> And, you know, she unfortunately vocalized what we all were thinking, but she was the only one to actually blurt it out. <laughs> and at the time, I had to agree with it. Yeah. And as, uh, as it turns out, you know, just a great run out of nowhere comes this epitome and, and nails Jeannie Jones on the wire to get a Breeders' Cup two-year-old win and end up being a champion two-year-old. And fast forward, fast forward even further to complete the story, epitome, we sell a, a very nice yearling for what ended up being a picture boy in the front of the blood horse to – uh, his Highness Sheikh Mohammed ended up being a, a cult called Essence of Dubai, who was ended up being a great racehorse in Dubai, a very good racehorse over here. It was a win-win for everybody, and as the story goes further, ends up being you know the home place now for for Sheikh Mohammed and Godolphin. It's, it's truly, and Michelle, it's one of those sliding door moments, right? Because mm-hmm. had yeah, any, I mean, what if someone had goes anything and bids, gone different, or someone else bought her, or someone buys whatever. her for twenty-seven thousand, and mm-hmm. we don't even know the story. Might not know John Abel. Right. Well, yeah. So, I mean, did Jimmy, did that really, like, open the door to a relationship between your family and Sheikh Mohammed that allowed for them to, per- for Sheikh Mohammed to purchase John Abel? Well, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, they, they uh, appreciated the horses that were raised at John Abel. They bought some other horses in earlier times and, and it had some success with them. And at the time, John Ferguson was their, was their, principal mm-hmm. agent and you know just just had had success and would always come by to see what what we might have you know what what our offerings were and and uh, like i said they they got fortunate with a couple of earlier purchases and certainly essence of dubai was was a uh, a big win for everybody how did the transaction go down to sell the family farm well i mean that's it's it's sort of uh whew. <laughs> Good question. This podcast can't go on long enough. It's no, no, it's we're going. You gave wait. You gave me it's twenty minutes. Story. We're on. We're well, on eleven minutes and twenty-two that, seconds. <laughs> right. We haven't even mentioned the horse yet. But oh no, it. we're getting there. Um, but you know what? The good news is we can go on forever. It's a podcast. It's only on your schedule. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, it was a combination of a lot of things. I think the bottom line is that it starts out with a mom and pop operation. My mother and father had four children. Uh, felt like, um, you know, one would be in Washington being a plumber, one where well, they hope might be like a uh, electrician somewhere and 
Wyoming and somebody else somewhere else had no idea that all four children would want to be somewhat a part of their business. And as it turns out, all four end up being directly involved in the business. So you grow from a mom and pop. And now you got four children involved in the business with their spouses and taking on responsibilities. Now you're up to, I don't know, eight or 10. You get the next generation. It just, it, it, we really weren't prepared uh, to continue that way. And it, at some point in time, you have to sort of make those decisions. And it really made sense to, for, for um, the overall, to solve all, all situations. And it just came about to, it just made, made sense that it was, you know, it was very hard to have a uh, succession plan in place that really wasn't in place when you probably need to do one mm-hmm. long time ago. So sure. it got to the point where, you know, we really had to reshuffle the deck internally or you know this thing came along and it, it really sort of answered a lot of the questions at the time uh you know needless to say financial as well so it was it, you know it was a win-win for everybody and the beauty of it all uh is that um i think you know from my father's perspective and our family's perspective that that john abel was always meant to be a farm and to have it in the hands of, of sheikh muhammad and the maktoum family uh and knowing as I said, how what caretakers they are of the land, and to allow John Abel to do what Dad had always worked to build it up to be, both literally from the ground up, uh, soil up, I should say, and to see it, you know, be the. Uh, it was very, very nice to see essential quality was folded, John Abel in Maxville. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've seen the full cycle of it all, and and I think it's uh, a tribute to Sheikh Mohammed that you know he kept the name of John Abel as, as a part of that, uh, of the naming of, you know, get off into yeah. John Abel. And it's, uh, it's, that's very nice. It's a, it's a very nice tribute of his, uh, and to dad and what, what he worked a lifetime to, to achieve. Jimmy, how did you become, um, to, I mean, where you are now, you know, you're the, the head honcho that, that we get to see. So how was your evolution a part of that? Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. Really. Uh, you know, I, just, <laughs> I was going to ask Jimmy's the same like, this question. Is my house. I'm not leaving, so figure it out. Yeah, uh, I'd like to <laughs> exactly. be president. Yeah. No, how, that's a great question, Michelle. And Jimmy, people might not know this, but when when the the farm was purchased in 2001, how did it go down? And now you, 20 years later, are president. I don't even. How does like, that happen? Have you worked there the whole time? Did well, you even come back? It, 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 it's a very simple, very simple explanation. There was nobody else there but me, really. Uh, this was really their, their true foray into uh, a farm where we're going to try to develop a stallion roster, which is what John Bell is. Um, you know, at the time they had purchased, and uh, Michael Banahan ran the. Um, Raceland, which they had purchased from Claiborne. And so, but they were really just, you know, raising their yearlings there. And, and uh, they had some mares down with, at the time, Sheikh Mohammed's older brother, Sheikh Maktoum at Gainsborough, but never really involved in the farm aspect of, if you will, uh, in, in great detail of mares and foals and ultimately the stallion operation. And, and with their interest in, in uh, racing becoming more and more prevalent in America, it was only natural that that the stallion uh, operation would would come to life, and that's exactly what the plan was: is is to uh, have have John Abel as a as their nucleus and basically their center for the stallions, which is what it is today. Jimmy, I gotta ask, being a part of this for so long, and like you said, seeing what it is today. I mean, your family farm has now become a, an impactful part of global horse racing. 
um, which I think is just amazing. I'm sure you have to have a tremendous amount of pride. But um, in your particular role, what is maybe one thing that you feel like would be a, a milestone for you, like you're very proud to have achieved X? I'm very proud just to be a very minor part of this team. I mean, you know, it's, we've got just, uh, I think one of the things that we, we do talk about horses a lot, but, but it's really the people behind the scenes and behind the horses. And, you know, Michael Banahan is in charge of all of our char- of our farms. And, you know, of course, uh, Dan Proud is our chief operating officer and, and Rusty Thompson. We have, you know, our financial man. Uh, we've got great foremans that are, a couple of them are graduates from the fine start with, Jerry Duffy and, you know, just on and on, just a great group of uh, young people, energetic people, uh, focused. Uh, as we like to say, we, we try to take our job seriously, but not ourselves. And so it's a great working environment and just uh, it's it's enjoyable to call them your work colleagues, but also your friends. So it's a, it's a great environment is what I'm saying, both for the horses and, and really for the people. Well, as you can tell, we don't take ourselves very seriously. So, Jimmy, we fit right in with this whole theory here in the owner's box. Jimmy Bell, joining us, let's talk horses. Let's get to it. Uh, You have to be over the moon at this run by Essential Quality, undefeated, heading into the Kentucky Derby as the probable favorite. There's a lot of – we just heard about what you do and, and, and obviously how proud you are of John Abel. This has to be a monumental step because this is the dream. This is what uh, the Sheik's been uh, heading for for years. Is there? Do you feel pressure? Are you excited? What's going through your mind? Well, um, I've got a lot of things going through my mind, but uh, easily enough, I, I think pressure is not one of them. Um, and I've, I've said this numerous times, is that from the very top this comes down, and that's from Sheikh Mohammed himself, is that he is, I say this, he's such a laid-back, philosophical understanding true horsemen i mean he you know that's why his interest is because he is such a phenomenal horseman he he loves the young horses he loves the training he loves the uh seeing the development and 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 being a part of that part i think that's what he truly truly loves is watching these young horses grow and get confidence and develop and and yet with that you know all the setbacks that come along so it's not like you have to go sir we had a little hiccup here or whoops we this came or would is or should have so from that standpoint, um, he, he really gets confidence, not pressure. And that's, that's uh, believe me, that's a, a blessing um, because so many things do go wrong, especially when you're talking about preparing for a Kentucky Derby. You really can't have a feather in your path. You know, you can't have a whoops or you can't have we missed two days here or a little this or there's no little things really. And to this, uh, to Central Quality's credit, you know, it, we all, we know this is hour to hour, but uh, he's just really, he's really never had a bad day since as a foley hit the ground. I mean, he's just, we we're looking back at some foal pickers, pictures, some urine pictures, his early two-year-old pictures down with now Brennan that did our pre-training. And uh, from the first time Brad Cox breezed him, he said, man, you know, this, this colt is, uh, he, he's just a little different than the rest. And man, he just doesn't get tired either. And that's really been the theme throughout all of his development. So really don't feel the pressure and and really the colt gives you a sense of calm because uh he is so versatile i mean he is he's probably run five races and i don't think one of the five had been the same and he's come from off the pace he's been right on the pace he got his first dog fight in in you know in the in the bluegrass and um you know he had to really show that will to win and that real toughness and and that one of that desire to get down and 
get your nose on the line front. So he's, you know, he's not one of those where, Kylie, if we get the right pace, I think we'll be in good shape, or if we can get the pace to ourselves and nobody you know, leaves us alone. So his, his versatility gives a lot of calmness, but you better have some talent to go with it, and he's proven that every, every time he's obviously stepped on the track. Well, absolutely. And I want to ask you, you touched on something that I thought was interesting. We've all had babies. We all go you, – you've seen a million of them. Uh, but when a, when a horse like Essential Quality, as a, as a baby, up to – as a weanling um, or a Maxfield – can, can you tell then that they're special, that they're different? And if you can, what what is it? Well, one thing I would think about essential quality, just thinking through it, he's ne- he, a lot of horses go through ages and stages. I mean, they just, you know, the, the rear end grows up and they're a little out of balance. This, that, and he's been one of those that's never had an awkward stage. And, um, you know, that's that's why they're so far and few between. And that's, that's what he, he is, a far and few betweener, because he's – He's always looked uh, balanced. He's uh, he's never looked like oh my gosh, you know. Just wait till he gets to this growth stage, sure. and just wait till he develops from two to three. Um, he's just. I think that's what 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 impresses me the most is that he's not. He's he's never had that awkward stage he's gone through. He's just been one of those that that uh, every time you look at him, you go wow, it's you know that's a very nice looking wing, and that's a very shapely looking year on then a two year old, and and every stage he's just. Uh, He's really looked balanced. We had uh, we had my good friend Bill Strauss on the other day. I don't know if you ever run across Bill Strauss, but he's he's the greatest, and he's one of the owners of Hot Rod Charlie, who of course ran second to Essential Quality in the Breeders' Cup. Bill Strauss is not sleeping. He's so excited. Like, are <laughs> you are you losing sleep? Do you have any? Are, are you have you already picked out your uh, apparel, your derby? Do you know? Is are a you lucky excited? Tie? Is a like, better way? Yeah. What what's going on in the Bell household right now as you prepare for this race, nineteen days away? You know, you you, you know better than to let your emotions run away from you. You know, and you you just <laughs> whereas I was just talking about essential quality being well balanced, you got to be balanced yourself, and you right. can't you can't get too far leaning forward or sitting back too far. You know, it's it's really uh, keeping things in perspective. And you know, I'll be honest with you, I think that sometimes, um, yeah, I think sometimes the journey is probably better than the result. And just seeing the development and being a part of it and watching it. And, and seeing it unfold before your eyes, um, you know, you take a lot of, uh, you better take a lot of enjoyment to see what's been accomplished rather than just putting so much on the final act because, uh, you know, when those gates open, anything and everything can happen. And not always does the best horse get the win. There's a lot of things at play there. So, you know, um, excited, absolutely, because this is, this is, this is something for His Highness Sheikh Mohammed that, you know, let's let's yes, this is his best chance he's ever had to win the Kentucky Derby. Not going to bow, not going to sidestep that whatsoever. But uh, you know, when you take all these things into consideration, how how he views this thing, how his philosophy is, and how how well the horse has performed, um, you know, what you're really hoping for at this point is just say, stay happy, stay healthy, and and stay out of his way because he's he's answered all the questions at this point. And um, I would tell you I'd have a, a tremendous amount of confidence in him, not overconfidence, but I feel like he's going to have the opportunity to give his best performance, and that's good enough. That's a uh, tremendous wow. answer and one that I should, Michelle, we need to do that when we have horses running in $20,000 claiming races because that's, <laughs> you know, we are a bit insane. But, Michelle, I know you have um, so a couple more got, questions, Jimmy. I do. I know I we got to let you go, but go ahead. Go ahead, okay, Michelle. Okay, my first question is who names – 
all of the Godolphin horses? That's a great question, and that's uh, that's something that, that's kind of kind of neat as well. Um, we put it out to our entire staff, and uh, <gasps> a lady named wow. Vicki Van Camp, who heads up all this thing, which, bless her heart, that is not easy. I can't tell you how many names we get. I can't tell you how many <laughs> names. You know, it's it's pretty interesting. How it's many is he reject? <laughs> yeah, wait, do you submit them oh, as well? God. Uh, I, I, I try, I do okay. it as well. And, you know, then we can, we kind of get down to a little bit of a committee and, uh, we have to kind of use a little judgment and, uh, you know, we, it's, it's a collective effort, but, uh, the answer, Michelle, is that everybody uh, on the entire, it works for Godolphin, uh, is invited and encouraged and they do send in names. That's so amazing. That's so when cool. I, when I say Wait, can Billy effort, and that, I that send in names? That would be the total tenant. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're, oh, you're oh we're, on, we're on the list. Well, you well, know, I wait, name, Michelle, I, I know you have more questions. I know you have yes, more questions, okay, and I'm going to get Sorry. there, but I just want to tell Jimmy, and one of the reasons, Michelle, you don't know this, but I told Jimmy if he comes on the show, it's very good karma. Our oh, owner's yes, box karma is huge. So we'll also submit names. Go ahead, Michelle. Okay. My second question is, of all the horses that you've got to be around, um especially at John Abel, who's your favorite? And any answer except for Holy Bull might not be acceptable. <laughs> it would be Holy Bull. Uh, Everybody <laughs> loves Holy Bull. And it, and it would probably be, you know, Bernardini was, was uh, he was, he was unbelievable to be around. And, um, you know, he had that, boy, he had that look of a champion, that eye that, you know, just, it just was such a confidence, such a great horse uh, physically uh, with a great demeanor um was so versatile he was one of those you know holy bull the same he didn't care if it was a sprint race or a mile and a half or whatever they were just old-fashioned bona fide racehorses and uh um you know holy bull just is really a favorite because he he probably went against all odds at every time he stepped up to the batter's box and you know at the two-year-old he'd be a great sprinter and at three they would never get more than a mile and he's you know here he is just Towing with the best horses in training, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. beating older horses, winning the Travers, just, just uh, was really a remarkable racehorse. He was, he's what I think of what a real racehorse is. Those two really do come to mind. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, Holy Bull, my, probably my favorite racehorse of all time. So, Holy Bull. you know what's interesting, uh, You know, and I think, and I think really, I, I think really the, the name, uh, how he came to be for Jimmy Crow, yep. you know, that the, the, the ladies owned him, it passed away and mm-hmm. the lawyers came and figured they were just coming to take the horse away. And he said, here, open this up. Oh, oh she wants you to have this horse. Holy bull. That's okay. amazing. Everybody uh, loves that's Holy pretty bull. amazing. Everybody. And, and he was such a crowd. He was such a crowd favorite. I mean, it was back, you know, it's been a few years, but man, oh man, when he showed up, uh, the crowd, you could, you know, he just was a fan favorite. And I mean, anybody and everybody. And of course, Mike Smith was, just kind of making his mark as well. And they kind of, they, they climbed the ladder pretty well together. And truthfully, when he would come into a, a, a paddock, he, he literally would blow up. I mean, it's just like, he just, <laughs> like a bull. He would just actually, everything about him just got larger, bigger. And I mean, I'm, if I was a horse, he would have intimidated me. If you're talking about free <laughs> fight, you know, routine. Amazing. And uh, I did get you know, to come he just to went the out there and just gave it to you. Yeah. He oh. was, he was something. Holy bull. Now, Every Michelle, time. Michelle you time. have one more. I think uh, yeah, this. you know that, that uh, um, Jimmy is also the president of the TAA. Is that correct, Jim? Jimmy? Uh, uh, 
Yes, yeah, second time around. You're right. Second time around. I yeah, didn't Michelle. learn enough the first. I didn't learn. <laughs> I didn't learn enough the first time. Well, we're big in uh, aftercare. Yeah, Michelle. we're big in aftercare. I just want to know about the importance of aftercare to you personally, as well as to Godolphin. I know that they do a major. I mean, they they probably do more for aftercare than I think most people realize. Well, and Nike, that's that's very true, Michelle. Not only with aftercare, but so many things that that uh, is how Sheikh Muhammad does. Not only from with horses, but with young people with a flying start and, you know, with mm-hmm. the sudden stable with, with grooms and people that don't have the, get are really the backbone of our business and never get the, the, you know, acknowledgement and stuff. But the aftercare, um, we have, we, we do our own thing. And, and as well with Emma Brown, we, you know, we rehome and take all the time to uh, make sure that they can go on to that second career. But, you know, Shane Mahal has been so supportive uh, of, uh, of the thoroughbred TAA in, in general and really globally as well. And, you know, there's just there's just no denying that it is a major component to our industry. Mm-hmm. And you can look at it any way you want, but it is our responsibility. It's not really a charity. It's it's if we can, you know, have these horses, it, it is our duty to look after them, not just while they're being good to us or at the racetrack. So, and to see how this thing has grown, uh, you know, to some 80 organizations across the country and the the absolute uh, popularity of thoroughbreds in so many different disciplines, uh, you know, it's really a great story, but it's also a, a reality and a need. It's it's not a it's not a nice story. It's it's a part of our industry, and it's a major staple to having a successful industry. Is is we cannot do enough for aftercare, and and we. You know, we've tried to set it up initially with just little touch points here, there, and yonder. But you know, as we grow, as the as the demand has been, as the success has come about, um, you know, it's just um, imperative on everybody's part to do their part and to be a part of um, really ownership of a horse. It's it, to me, you know, it's just it's just a it's it's very much no different than any other bill you pay or anything you do. It's a responsibility of the owners, and and I think that we're getting that message across, but it's something that's got to be indoctrinated uh, as a part of, of owning horses and being responsible for their, their post-racing careers. Couldn't agree with you more. Jimmy Bell on Aftercare, Jimmy Bell on the Derby. We are we are going to let you go. 30 minutes. I went 10 minutes over. Are you okay with that? Sorry. <laughs> um, absolutely. No, you all are very kind to have, have, have me on board and, and really appreciate, um, you know, what, what, uh, the interest you all have and in, in keeping interesting little segues and stories about, because, you know, that's, that's really one of the, why, why the horse business is so much fun. It's the stories. There's so many side mm-hmm. stories. There's always a story behind the story or, you know, just the goofy little thing with us with, you know, two beds changing the course. Of, <laughs> George, of, sliding of, doors. Uh, there, there's some humor to it all. It's been great talking to you. We wish you the best of luck. We're going to give you all the owner's box karma we possibly can for Essential Quality coming up in 19 days. We'll be there. We will root you on. And uh, obviously, the best of luck to uh, Sheikh Mo and everybody at John Abel. We really appreciate your time today, Jimmy. Thank you. Well, you're, you're very kind. And, and uh, like I say, let's just stay happy and healthy. Michelle, that was incredible. That was amazing. I mean, great, that was... great job, Billy. Thank you for that. I I want to thank you because that was tremendous. You know, it, it's funny because you reach out to people in the industry. A guy like Jimmy Bell, he's one of the you know titans in our industry. Let's be honest. I mean, he's mm-hmm. running one of the biggest farms and stables in the in the world, not just the country. And you're you're sometimes you're concerned what they might say. And the guy, he was great. He was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, no problem. 
So, and, and, and he's exactly right. All the stories that, that people just don't know about the fact that this was just a mom and pop farm operation right. and it's turned into this global, you know, giant is, is incredible. And, you know, I thought his answer about the pressure was really interesting because as most people in the industry know, and if you're listening to this and you are in the industry, you know, Sheikh Mo has always wanted to win the Derby and he's been there a hundred times and he hasn't gotten it done. And I thought his, I thought the fact that he said he didn't feel any pressure was really great. Like I thought that was cool because I would feel pressure. I feel pressure when I run in an allowance race at Santa Anita on a Friday. You know what I feel like, though? Like, I feel like anyone that works for Godolphin kind of has that same. Um, Very mellow. But, yeah. Like, you know, Owen Hardy is like never worried. When right. you talk to Charlie Appleby, he's not worried. It's like, oh, Charlie, you're going to run, you know, this horse in the Dubai World Cup. Oh, yeah, it's all right. It's like yeah. it's like a Friday. It's like a you know, security. Like they ne- it's like yeah, they have a like security. Right, right. I mean, I think a lot of people think like, oh, my gosh, if I don't win this race because I'm the favorite, I'm going to like lose my job or my horses or whatever. And. I feel like right. everyone that is a part of Godolphin never feels that way. And it's always just like Jimmy says, it installs confidence in you because of like Sheikh Mohammed's belief. I think it's, I think it was great. I think it was fantastic. Um, I'm yeah. going to listen to it again later. Um, let's finish okay, if up. They, if they win, we should have them on again for like part two. For sure. Didn't even talk about, I didn't like, want to say that so though, because I didn't want to jinx it. And I was knocking <laughs> on wood like the entire time. Just, you know, like I, I have a wood desk here and I was just like knocking on it. Like, I just knocked on it too. I mean, can you imagine if it's uh, Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie again, like in the right? Breeders' Cup? Like, or, like I would be amazing just for our show. Um, Side note is, did he talk you onto Essential Quality now? Because like the way he talked Kinda about did. it was like a different way that I had ever thought about him right. before. The five different now, races, like, all different right? scenarios in front, coming from behind, in a fight. He, I kind of right? did. I think he I'm might like, be a lock. All the, right? All of a sudden, he's like, okay, who's your favorite? Who's your derby pick? Yeah. Essential Quality. Yeah, we both if you just... go back to the beginning of the show, I did not pick Essential Quality. Right, right. but now we did. All right, let's we, let's real quick go over our other two things of note because okay. we just ran out of time when we were talking before. The second one could be really fast, and this was just for me. Michelle did this for me because she knows I'm a huge By My Standards fan. He made his de- uh, 2021 debut with a nose victory. Uh, at Oaklawn over the weekend. I just thought he's, I just think he's a really cool horse. I think there's a bunch of good older horses. Um, the horse he beat of Mike McCarthy's, who's that? Rushy. Rushy uh, ran a huge race. I thought by my standards, ran an awesome race. He was like 10 wide turning for home and just ran him down late. Um, I look forward to what he's going to do this year. Also, Michelle commented on CZ Rocket taking the, uh, the third That's installment sweet. of his battle with Whitmore. Uh, yep. also at Oaklawn. I just think we have a lot of really good horses and a lot of older horses right now, which is fantastic. It's one of the things mm-hmm. that I truly believe our sport is missing is getting to know these horses and then keeping them around. It's very yes. difficult uh, with the way, especially the three-year-olds just head right to the breeding shed. I mean, what if Authentic was around right now? Or, you know, wouldn't it be cool? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, Definitely just, would be okay. cool. And anyway, there is a huge point three, three things of note. There is a huge showdown this Saturday. It is rematch. It's technically a rematch. Technically a rematch of it is Swiss Skydiver Swiss. versus Monomoy Girl. Round two. Um, I thought Swiss Swiss Skydiver had a terrible trip in the Breeders' Cup. Yes, Let's put that first right off. from the break. Lit- right I mean, from literally the break. from the break. She didn't break. And I thought she looked awesome in her comeback at Santa Anita. Mm-hmm. Now I, she wasn't meeting anyone with the quali- with the qualifications of Monomoy Girl, but I thought she looked spectacular. And I have this like sneaking suspicion that Kenny McPeak is very, very confident in this filly. 
he said we're bringing a monster to Arkansas, like something like that. I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember the exact quote, but that. he pretty much said like we're bringing a a legitimate horse. Yeah, I th- I, yeah, I think it's gonna be a good race. I I have, I it's one Monomoy girl. Listen, I'm a huge fan of Liz Crows and I, her whole story, obviously with Monomoy girl and the fact that she was off and she came back. And Brad Cox has obviously done a phenomenal job with Monomoy girl. I I have to think I, I give a slight edge to Swiss Skydiver here. Am okay. I crazy? No. I'm not crazy, right? No. I mean, I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy. Right. Okay. No, I think, why not? All right. Okay. All right. Um, what else we got, Michelle? I think that's pre- we pretty much that's covered it. everything, That's it. That's our right? three things of note. Um, unbelievable. What a great show. Michelle, um, how do people find us? Oh, like, people where? can definitely uh, find us on inthemoneypodcast.com. Hopefully, that's where you found this, or you follow us on Twitter at own a horse at BKLRF at the Michelle you. Um, you can also follow in the money. Oh no, this is where I always mess it up. What it is on Twitter. I think it's in the money media. Is Isn't it? it? Something like oh, that. Why can't it just be well, podcast? on both? I don't know. It's really cool. All the shows are there and it's really it's like cool. you're and you fired should and you should <laughs> su- like- subscribe to the YouTube channel too. Is that the YouTube channel? There were some uh, cool things. There's a contest going on. And we weren't in it. By I was a little way, upset about that. I won a contest. What? Yeah. What contest? The, in the Money in? Media uh, had like a contest. Woodbine had a contest that In the Money Media was like mentioning. And you just had to uh, retweet and enter to win like a Japanese stuffy of Contro. And, you and won. I won. You are. I won. You're the best. You're lucky. You are lucky. Sometimes. Are you coming to the Kentucky Derby? Not right now. No. Well, if you need a place to I'll stay, be- you let me know. Thank you. Um, everybody, we, we thank you for listening and especially, uh, all of our thanks to Jimmy Bell for coming on today and spending 10 more minutes than he had planned. And I did gave him no heads up either. So, uh, we really appreciate him coming on today and we appreciate all you who, everybody who listens to the show. Uh, we are, uh, we're getting huge ratings on, uh, uh, in the many, uh, podcast network and, and it's because of all you guys who listen. So our, our really, really thank you for that. We have a very special guest coming up next Tuesday. I'm going to be in Ocala, Michelle. So I'm going to be on the computer, but, uh, we'll set up a time for you on Tuesday afternoon. We'll get it done and we'll post the show next Wednesday as we always do. Um, thank you for everything. Thank you. Bye. Welcome to the owner's box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.